The Invincible Teams podcast is powered by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork, training, and consulting to help your team thrive in every season. If you want to have a team that makes other leaders jealous, get started by going to their website in the show notes and scheduling your free consultation today. Welcome to Invincible Teams, a podcast for team leaders and business owners who are tired of dealing with drama and politics, high turnover, and teams not meeting their potential. We know that team leaders and business owners like you are pretty much always under pressure to get the most out of your teams. And we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. Have you ever been frustrated leading the creatives on your team? For many team leaders or business owners who aren't themselves creatives, leading those who are can be a challenge. Today's guest is Jessica Crum, the owner and creative director of Silver Lake Design Studio. We talk about what it was like for her to build a team and what it takes to manage a team in the creative space. So if you've ever been frustrated with your team's graphic designer, social media manager, web designer, this podcast is for you. So here's my interview with Jessica Crum. All right, Jessica Crum, welcome to Invincible Teams Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Uh, I'm excited to have you here. I think you are uh, one of the more unique guests that I've had on here just because of uh, the team that you lead and the industry that you are in. But before we jump into that, uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, so I'm Jessica Crum. I Live in Conway, Arkansas now. Uh, moved here about eight years ago from Los Angeles, California, and um, I started out in fashion design um, and still do some of that through my business now. But um, where I've landed currently is as CEO and creative director at a branding agency called Silver Lake Design Studio. Uh, so we make logos and websites and packaging for small businesses and nonprofits primarily. That is um, my most major role. Others include um, I sit on the board of the Conway Ministry Center here in Conway, Arkansas. Um, I sit on the board of directors for the Conway Chamber of Commerce. And um, most recently, I've started a nonprofit and act as executive director at the Creative Institute of Central Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Personally, I am married to a screenwriter and director, Justin Blake Crum, and I have a 13-year-old and an 8-year-old. Wow. So <laughs> uh, you need more things to do, it seems like. I do. I really do. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, maybe at the end of this, we'll we'll take people's suggestions for things that you can do to fill up your spare time, which yes. you obviously have tons of. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm interested to know, uh, you know, that's a lot of different things and some of those very community oriented, right? And you haven't been uh, in Conway for that long of a time. So how do you go from being a fashion designer in LA to coming to the center of Arkansas and being so involved in things like the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, nonprofits in the city? Uh, you don't take no for an answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I have to be honest. I mean, if any other young women in business are listening, I want them to know that um, I wasn't just offered a seat at the table uh, when I moved here 
and started doing art and telling people um, I was going to make a business out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've, you know, I had to do a lot of work to really prove myself and, um, and just earn some respect. And, um, and so when I first moved here, uh, I was still doing um, like apparel design for fabric print and uh, things like that. And that was just on a freelance basis. Um, But I also filled my time volunteering because to be honest, one of the reasons we moved here was uh, I was a workaholic. I was just all the time, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., working um on a new line for jc penny or forever 21 or whatever uh quick turn retailer needed the latest trends and uh i had a hard time stopping even when i got home from work i was still working um so when we moved to arkansas i made a point to um slow down and start volunteering as just a stress way a stress-free way to stay busy so i got really involved in nonprofit work um started volunteering with the Conway Ministry Center, the City of Hope Outreach, Deliver Hope as a teen mom mentor, um, all kinds of places like that. And uh, that's where I started doing graphics for business. I didn't um, obviously do that in fashion. I I was making graphics for fabrics. But um, when I moved here, people needed a logo or a brochure or um, a website for their nonprofit. And um, I loved that work. It was so rewarding to be a part of what they were doing. Um, and so that's how Silver Lake was born. Honestly, I was overbooked. Um, after a while of freelancing, I was taking on more and more design jobs, branding jobs, and needed to start turning down some work. Um, but I felt like it was not the right move to turn down work. It was, um, I was feeling called to grow it. And as scary as that was, I, um, I knew it was time to hire, uh, when I was, when I was overbooked and needed, needed some help. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, how did you know at that point, you know, who to hire, not the specific individual, but like <laughs> what position, right? Like, did you hire yeah. a graphic designer or somebody that, that could do your emails? Like what were you looking for as your first hire? Yeah. So I actually just called a friend who owned a branding agency in Los Angeles. Um, she was a friend from college. She had started her own agency and, and I called her and said, Hey, I have too much design work. Should I hire another graphic designer? What did you do? You know, cause you think you have too much design work. You need to hire a, another designer. But she said, no, Jessica, she said, um, hire, a project manager because you're probably sinking a lot of time into administrative work that someone else could do. Um, and it would give you more capacity to get more design work done. So that's what I started looking for. Yeah. And how did you go about that? how did you find that person? What was that process like? Uh, so this is really interesting. I had, you know, obviously no, um, full-time budget. I couldn't hire a full-time project manager. That was not feasible when I first started out. To be honest, I had enough money to pay someone to work five hours a week mm. for me, <laughs> wow. which when you're hiring feels like such an insult to offer people five <laughs> hours a week. <laughs> but I honestly, the prayers went up and the Lord brought the perfect person to that position. And he's continued to do that over and over and over in our business. Um, but I'll, I went to Chick-fil-A. They were having like a cookie decorating event. Uh And 
I just made it a habit to tell everyone what I was doing. Everyone who was like, what are you up to? Tell me about yourself. It was just, this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm working on. Even if it wasn't a thing yet, just describing Mm. what I dreamt it to be, you know, this is the vision. This is the vision. So I shared it with a, um, a girl named Drew Przaniak who worked at Chick-fil-A as their marketing, like event coordinator. She had thrown the cookie party. So okay. she was, um, she was walking around asking people what they do. And, and I told her, I was like, oh, this is what I do. And I'm actually hiring right now. I'm looking for somebody to work five hours a week. <laughs> and I said, if you know anybody who's interested, because she was a PR major from UCA, she said, I'm interested. Yeah. And I was just shocked that anybody would even want a five hour a week job, honestly. Yeah. And, um, and I said, okay, cool. Well, you would be working out of my home office, which is my dining table. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't provide any benefits, but really good coffee. And, sure. <laughs> um, you know, you just don't have much to offer, but she was over the moon about the opportunity And, um, and we just, we started working together. It was like very serendipitous. I didn't even interview anyone else. I, I hired her and, um, just trusted that she was the right person because it was a good fit. Now I did before I hired her, this is my favorite thing to do with creatives when I'm hiring them, because even though she's a project manager, she still needs to have good taste. Right. (laughs) So what I do, and I do this to this day with any designer, anybody I hire, I pull out some work that we're really proud of and I ask them to rip it to shreds. Wow. wow. <laughs> so I say, I pull out some work that we love and I'm like, here's something we did last year or whenever. And I say, what would you do to change it? How would you make it better? What don't you like about it? Uh-huh. And if they don't have any feedback, if they don't, they can't think of a way to make it better. They're probably not a good fit for us because we strive for creative excellence. So yeah. So yeah. I did that with her. <laughs> she wow. was very brutal, which I loved. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, I love that, but do you find yourself uh, kind of going through some candidates and not, not getting a whole lot of the, you know, the people that you originally interviewed, do they fall out a lot in that process? Yeah. You can tell if it's um, very, if, especially if they're super green, um, super green designers, um, mm-hmm. you know, they know how much work goes into something and they don't, um, they don't want to be mean. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so, and, and honestly, half the time I find myself needing to train people to sure. give, you know, criticism and to, to pick things apart. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you, you had your first hire there and then fast forward to now, which how long ago was that by the way? 2015. So six years ago. Okay. And so fast forward then six years to now, and what's your team look like now? We have a team of 12. Um, We do have graphic designers on our team, of course, but we also have um, web developer, copywriter, project managers, um, two design assistants, and photographer. And I hope I'm not forgetting anyone, but it's a full team of creatives and the people who wrangle creatives. <laughs> right, right. Sounds like you had to uh, buy a bigger dining room table. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, we actually started working out of Blue Sale uh, when I had two employees. I hired another graphic designer that first year, and um, and we had to move into Blue Sale. So <laughs> that was our office for a while. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So what does teamwork look like now uh, with a team of 12? I mean, that's, that's not insignificant. That's a pretty uh, good sized team. So what's teamwork look like for you guys? Yeah, we're super proud of our culture now. Um, but I know it all started when we were smaller and could, you know, be flexible and set um, just foundational values in place and things like that. Um, but teamwork now looks pretty remote. We have um, a team meeting every week, and I think only half of our team shows up in person at the studio. So um, the rest are remote and of course we try and keep up with each other and um check in with each other the biggest struggle for creatives remotely is that they'll get locked in on something and spend like three times the amount of time on it because (laughs) they're like i can make this better and then three hours later they're like maybe i can't (laughs) right um so that's actually our biggest struggle is that people who are working from home are just spinning their wheels and not asking for somebody else to look at it um but one of the biggest things about our our creative culture is that as soon as we hire people, we say, um, just to make sure, number one, we pray in our team meetings. So if you're uncomfortable with that, like you are welcome to opt out. Um, number two, we pass design work back and forth. So if you're married to your art, this is probably not a good fit. Um, you know, we're going to, we're all going to mess with it because we believe that the more people who work on it, the better it'll get. Um, and, Yeah. And so those are kind of our two of our big rules. And then number three is that we just don't gossip. (laughs) Like that's one of our biggest things because um, confidentiality is so crucial to what we do. People have started businesses while, you know, working a full-time job for a potential competitor. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there are a lot of people who we can't disclose what they're working on or it would ruin their lives, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's a huge value that we have. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'd never considered that uh, part of, of what you guys do. So, you know, those are a couple of the challenges, but that kind of segues into what I was going to ask next anyway, are what are some of those uh, unique challenges for leading a creative team, which I understand that it's not all creatives, you know, quote unquote, uh, but you do have several, but leading that or leading a team in a creative space, what are some more of the kind of unique challenges uh, of that? Okay. Everybody's motivated differently. So if you, you know, some people need to hear like, Hey, you can do better, you know, go back and bring your flavor to it, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're motivated that way. Some people um, need to hear only positive feedback and then they can snowball off of that. Um, some people need to hear it's due in 10 minutes and they can put out their best work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the biggest challenges has been um, our project managers figuring out how each of our creatives is motivated. Um, some people work better if they're their own boss and they are 1099 employees. Some people work better if they have a super strict schedule and they're W-2. So it's been really interesting to, um, I did not expect that when we first started. And, <laughs> and what's funny is the Lord knew what he was doing because he brought me Kate, um, who is our project manager and she's a psychology major. So right. she is paying very close attention to what motivates us and how we respond to certain feedback. So she's like really good at motivating us and helping us get our jobs done in, in a way that's unique to each of us. 
Right. Um, so that's one of the biggest challenges. Another challenge is that, I mean, for me personally, in my position as creative director, I am constantly telling people how to make something better hmm. because it's my job <laughs> like, right. to look at everything that anybody on the team creates and say, this is what I think could be done better. This is what I think it might be wrong or, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I'm a very direct person and I don't like wasting time. I'm super efficient. So sometimes I'll jump in to a project and go straight to the feedback in a critical way. And so one of my biggest challenges is starting with the positive, which I've actually made a company value because we, we work so hard at doing that, um, at leading with the positive when we're talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, those, those make sense. I, uh, I know that just having a bunch of creatives on a team, uh, if you are a creative is one thing, but if you're not, you know, it's something different. So I'm even thinking about some of the different teams that I work with. And there's one in particular I'm thinking of that has a, you know, whole marketing department that is a lot of, as you would guess, creative people. Um, but people that are overseeing it, you know, are not. And so if you're going to talk to those people right now, to somebody who's not a creative overseeing a bunch of people who are in that creative space, what would be some things that you would tell them kind of tips and tricks to Mm. be a better leader for those people? (laughs) Number one, nobody's trying to lie to you when they say they can do things or when they say they can do things in a certain amount of time. Um, You, and I think people who are leading creatives are constantly disappointed because somebody overpromised and underdelivered, hmm. you know, or um, didn't meet a deadline. Um, those are some of the ways that it's very hard for a creative team to regulate themselves all the time. I mean, you go through seasons where it's like people are nailing it and they're hitting every deadline. <laughs> and, um, and then you go through seasons where, you know, somebody says, yeah, I can do all three of these things today. And then you get to the end of the day and they got one thing done and you, are going to be tempted to be frustrated and be like, well, what did you do all day? And the truth is they feel ashamed that half the day they were scrolling through stock photos, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, you know, creatives will, and I'm finding this more and more every time I check in and I'm like, how are you doing? How are you feeling about your workload? Every creative on my team says, I feel like I'm moving really slow. I feel like I'm not going fast enough. And when I tell them, Hey, when you're working on a logo, it should take you eight or nine hours they're like, Oh, okay. It's like, you know, they I don't know. I think creatives sometimes expect to be machine or think that they're expected to be machines, you know, and, mm. and need to be told like, Hey, it's normal if this takes you eight to 12 hours, you know, and that, that expectation actually needs to come from the top down because right. it, it'll take me no lie a year and a half to figure out how long a designer takes on a logo. Hmm. I am, I have some fresh designers who I just hired like in the last six months and Hmm. I can't tell you how long they're going to take on a logo. It's Hmm. sometimes four hours, sometimes six, sometimes eight. Like you don't really get a feel for that um, until it's been a while. So so that has to come from the top down. Usually they can't predict for themselves how long things are going to take. Um, And yeah, I mean, they work really well on deadlines, like hard deadlines, like it's due tomorrow. Um, And, and everybody wants to multitask, Mm. but creative work is deep work. Even copywriting, um, anything creative is deep work. It is like the best analogy I've ever heard for deep work is that 
if you're going to go and write, um, you know, if you're going to go and write a blog, if you're going to go and design a website, it is like you're diving down into the ocean looking for the Titanic (laughs) and you've been down there for two hours scoping the ground, looking for a good idea. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you finally find it and you're like, yes, you're getting like momentum. You're uncovering some artifacts, right? Some real good design work. And then somebody from the very top, the surface says, Hey, I need you for a minute. Yeah. You go all the way back up there. How long is it going to take you to find that piece of the Titanic again? Right, right, right. Like a long time. (laughs) So it's very valuable to leave creatives alone, like to protect their time and, and protect them from having to multitask. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't even put my designers in touch with our clients for that very reason. Right. Because they would be hearing from them all day long and it would yeah. just cripple the design process. Oh, that's really, really good advice. I, I want to go back just a second because you talked about, you know, you not knowing how long somebody takes to do something for, you know, a long time after you hire them. But then you also said that most of them work really well with deadlines. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> how do those two things work together? How do you set a deadline whenever you don't know how long someone takes to do something? Yeah. Um, so, well, there's two things you could do. You could put the expectation out there. Like we know we charge a flat rate for logos. We know they should take between eight and 12 hours total, you know? So we can tell a designer, Hey, on this first look, expect to spend eight hours on it. Um, but then we have to give them eight hours. That is the hardest thing. And that can't be a, Hey, we're going to give you Tuesday because the truth is design work, eight hours of design work is not a thing. Like it's not, you nobody can sit in front of a computer and do good work for eight hours. Like you have to assume that it's going to be five or six hours of real solid design work. So that would really mean giving them a logo and saying, okay, you have two whole days to work on this before I give you anything else. Um, which is, I mean, if I'm being honest, that's the biggest issue we're facing right now is, um, how difficult it is to give the designers the amount of time that they truly need, um, to work on things. I imagine that clients can find that frustrating. Is that, Mm -hmm. is that accurate? Oh, sure. Yes. And especially when we have small business clients and we want them to all feel like they're our most important project, you know? Um, but and and you have small business clients who have an emergency and we are in the position to help them. You know, if somebody has an investor who's interested and they need a presentation in two days mm. um, and and we want to be responsive and help them and we haven't padded our schedule for that. Um, yeah, it's it, it's definitely hard. It's definitely hard to make everybody feel taken care of at the same time. We have over. 200 clients. So any given week, we're doing probably 10 to 15 projects a week um, simultaneously. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I have seen with different groups of creative people is that a lot of times there is, and you mentioned this earlier, how everything's passing, you know, from one designer to the next and everybody kind of gets a shot at it. There is this kind of unique um, ability to collaborate on a lot of creative teams that I think a lot of other types of teams maybe don't have uh, as much, or at least it's not the same. So what do you think other teams could learn from kind of that creative collaborative mindset? What are some takeaways that other teams mm. could apply? 
So if you're a team that's not creative or just any team in general, you've been working, you spin your wheels on something for a whole week and then you get to the outcome and it's not what you anticipated it to be. I think that's happened with every single one of us. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You've worked on something. The entire team has worked on something for a long time. People put a lot of hours in and it's still not right in the end. Mm. And that's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an example of what happens in creative work. If you don't do a good job of prepping and kicking off a project. So we know that if any project goes awry, we can source the problem back to the very beginning when we didn't spend enough time kicking it off. We call it kickoff meetings. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So with a website, that's a brainstorm where we're talking about the objective of the, objective of the site. We're talking about the tone. We're talking about the aesthetic. You know, um, we're just really discussing it so that we can all get in the right mindset before we branch off and do graphics and copy and icon design and all the little things that go into a website. Um, But with logos, those are sketch parties. So we have a sketch party and everybody sketches out their ideas. I'm saying everybody, it's like the two or three people that are on the project. Um, We all sketch out our ideas and then um, I select the top three. So I would say that same method could probably be applied to a lot of problems that are being solved in corporate worlds. Um, You know, if you've got a customer service problem, that's a pattern, you know, and you need to fix it, you put it, put three or four sharp minds in the room and just whiteboard it, you know, it basically would be the equivalent of our sketch party. Everybody's throwing out their ideas. I start with the worst ideas when we're doing brainstorms. I put out the stupidest ideas so that nobody feels stupid, you know, and everybody will bring their ideas because you have to start with stupid ideas to get to the better ideas. So, (laughs) and it makes it a safe space. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you call it down and you have one person who's in charge of picking the best ideas and you just make sure that they're not being, you know, biased towards their own, you know, preference or whatever. And they have the client in mind. I I mean, I found every time we mess up on a job, it's because we didn't kick it off, you know, efficiently or um, or with give it enough time, you know for kickoffs. Mm, I love that. That's so good. And I love the, yeah, you starting with the worst ideas, having the person in charge, be not afraid to throw something dumb out there to create that, that yeah. psychological safety, right. For yes. other people on the team to be able to be free and not worry about if their idea is good enough or not. Uh, yes. I think that's fantastic. That's good. Well, so uh, what else, just kind of closing thoughts here as we wrap up, is there anything else that you think, Uh, Silver Lake or just your experience with the different groups that you've been a part of, teams you've been involved with uh, that you think would be good for people listening to hear just about teamwork and and leading a team like you do? Yeah, um, I will say that the very um, first year of Silver Lake, I prayed about values and a mission statement. And um, those have proven to be more and more important to our culture as we grow. It's you don't want to wait until you have a big team to put into place the, the traditions, you know, mm-hmm. of your team meeting. Um, we, every team meeting, we start with our wins. Um, we have a value of the week. We highlight a client. We call it Clylites. <laughs> <laughs> and then we pray together. And 
it has been like that since there were three of us. And it's still like that when there's 12 of us. Mm. Um, but I guarantee you it would be awkward as a heck if I tried to implement that now and it sure. wasn't part of our culture. In the very beginning. Yeah. Um, so I would say, yeah, no matter how big your team is, start implementing those values and the um, traditions that you envision your team having, even, you know, when you're three times the size you are now. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Well, Jessica, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time to do a little podcast here. Why don't you uh, tell people just what you are currently working on and what you're involved with and how people can connect with you or, or with Silver Lake if they are so inclined? Okay. At Silver Lake, our favorite thing to do right now is packaging. Um, so if you have any packaging products for food or skincare um, or even um, pharmaceuticals, those are our expertise um, when it comes to packaging and shipping out retail products. We love helping people with their shipping strategy so that their unboxing is very Instagrammable. Mm. Um, that's what we're doing at Silver Lake. Love working on that stuff. And you can contact us um, at silverlakestudio.com. Or um, on social media, we are at Team Silver Lake on all the social platforms. Um, you can email me if you have questions. My email is jessica at silverlakestudio.com. I love doing consults with businesses who are interested in growth. Um, on the other side, on the nonprofit side, um, we are enrolling for fall 2021 at the Creative Institute. This is a program for um, students ages 18 to 24 who want to explore creative careers. So um, our whole mission is to abolish the starving artist narrative. Uh, <laughs> we want to teach, <laughs> we want to teach creatives to make a living doing what they yeah. love doing uh, to be good business owners um, and communicators and networkers and all those things that it's um, that's required of a freelance graphic designer or videographer. Um, so we're enrolling for fall 2021, ages 18 to 24. Um, you can look us up at creativeinstituteAR.org. Um, and we're also on all the socials as Creative Institute AR. Awesome. Very cool. Well, yeah, we'll put all that uh, stuff in the show notes. So if you're listening right now, you ought to be able to just scroll down and find those links to be able to reach out and connect with Jessica. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Jessica, for coming on. I appreciate your time and just kind of your uh, experience and some of the lessons that you've learned along the way growing Silver Lake from you at your dining room table to the team that you have now. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. It was fun to be part of this. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening today to the Invincible Teams podcast. Please consider giving us a rating and a review on whatever podcast platform you are currently using. If you think today's content might be useful for someone you know, please consider sharing it with them. Just a reminder that the Invincible Teams podcast is brought to you by Evergreen. Evergreen provides teamwork training and consulting to help you eliminate office drama and turnover and help you get the most out of your team. Thanks again for listening. And like we always say, we believe that every team should reach their potential and that if we get intentional, our teams can become invincible. See you next time.